0: Welcome to Change and Sustain, where we discuss driving sustainable change in your organization through enabling people, process, systems and technology. Today we're going to focus on process, on tapping into tribal knowledge to drive operational excellence and business improvement. And uh, welcome again, this is Mick Holly. What exactly is tribal knowledge? Well, having been in literally hundreds of different organizations, what I see is that excellence exists in your organization. It's unevenly distributed. There are best practices and ingenuity everywhere, but often much of it is hidden in the form of tribal knowledge. That is tacit knowledge that is accumulated sometimes over decades and sits in people's heads as an unconscious competence. We've just been working in a in a manufacturing environment where the product that they've been making they've been making it for a hundred years. It w- was staggering that they didn't have a single written down operating procedure for this product, Just people just knew how to make it. Well. One of the challenges was they promoted a number of people from one of their key manufacturing sites. And also there was a lot of competition for talent in the geography in which this plant sat. So some of their long-serving technical people left the business. And as a consequence, all of that tribal knowledge evaporated, disappeared from the organization, walked out. And what then ensued was a slow degradation of performance. And because nobody knew really how to operate, new people coming in didn't know how to operate the facility to its best, it started to break down more frequently until in the end, they were in a very dire situation where the plant was running to failure. People were responding to those breakdowns. And it was really a, you know, a firefighting operation. And for anybody new coming in, they didn't know how to operate the machinery. They didn't know what maintenance processes to follow. And so it's quite a significant issue. Another great story, for those of you who like food, cheese, camembert cheese. There was a famous camembert cheese manufacturer in, in Normandy, and they were known, they were famous for producing the best quality camembert. And they're competence was being able to put the cheese into the retail outlets just at the point when it was perfectly ripe. They had made this cheese for years. Now, their top cheesemaker, they're called an affineur, who knew how to age the cheese in these caves, was approaching 80 years old. And the owner of the factory knew he needed somebody to take over. So he wanted to make sure that he could have somebody to be able to know when the cheese was ripe. So he assigned somebody to the cheesemaker and said, okay, you need to go and figure out how to do this particular job. And he would follow the old cheesemaker and the cheesemaker would wander around the caves and he would tap the top of the cheese and he would, no, this one's not ready. He'd go and tap the next pile. Yeah, That one's ready. And the the trainee was coming behind. He was tapping the cheese. So he didn't know why he was making the judgment of this cheese was ripe and this cheese wasn't ripe. And so after a few weeks of this, the owner called the the old cheesemaker and said, Look, I know you're holding back. What do you want? Some kind of payoff or something? You're just not. He said, "I, I literally, I don't know how I do it. I just tap the cheese and I know. He said, well, what is it you, you're feeling for? He said, I, I don't know. I just I just know. And so they brought in the local university and the, the physics department came in and they figured out, they thought, I know what it is. It's the, when he taps the cheese, he's feeling how soft the layer is. So they dropped a ball bearing into different cheeses to see how deep the ball bearing would uh, drop. And their thought was, that will tell us, you know, how ripe the cheese is feeling for softness. Well, there was no correlation. Uh, whatsoever, so they brought in the chemistry department and said, you know, it's something to do with the crust. So they took all these cheeses, they coated them with gold dust, they put them in an X-ray crystallography machine to see if there was a surface change in the crust, so to change the feel when he was touching it. No, and this this went on for a while. Until this local sommelier came in, she'd been into the factory a few times and had met the old cheesemaker and was often doing, you know, cheese and wine pairings. And they did a little bit of business partnerships. And she she made the observation: she says, "I know what it is. It's it's an olfactory. It's the nose. What's happening is when he touches the top of the cheese, disturbs the layer, it creates a fragrance that only the most sensitive nose." Can detect, and me being a you know a sommelier, I I I can smell a slight difference, and I think if you find somebody with a good nose, you can train them to understand when the cheese is ripe, which is in fact what they did, and the factory and the brand was saved. But here is somebody who's practiced a craft over decades, and it's become an unconscious competence, and a lot of people don't know how they do things, and when we go into organisations, often we'll see people who are performing at a high level or a process that's performing at a high level. There's no understanding of why that happens. And I'll often say to, um, to organizations who are scared of change, I know how to change your organization without actually implementing any change, because for any process, there'll be a variation, a bell curve of performance, and it performs at the mean. But at the far right-hand side, in the top decile of performance, On those days or those hours, something's performing at that level. What's causing that? What behaviors, what operational processes are in place that allow that to happen? And sometimes it's locked in people's heads. And so how do we bring that out? So as you look at your organization, I know that you have excellence within it. I know you have best practices, but we need to be able to take that out as tacit knowledge, make it explicit and codify it so that you can then propagate it, train it, and improve upon it. So here's a couple of things that you can do to improve and codify tribal knowledge in your organization. The first thing is, is you can map out key processes on a big sheet of brown paper. You've seen those big sheets of butcher paper. Put those on a wall. Have your people map out the process, the connections between the process, and then give people post-it notes and ask them to comment on that process over a few days. You can put it up in the canteen or in an office and have people come by it. After a few days, it's stuck with lots of post-it notes and, and ideas and you'll start seeing some things different people have different perspectives and insights onto some of those elements some of those conditions and some of those handoffs and what that allows you to do is to identify when things are working well not just when things are working poorly but when things are working well what are the foundational elements the systems and the processes behind that that make that happen. It's a very engaging process. I call it this um, low-tech, high-touch. You don't need a computer. You don't need PowerPoint, but it's getting people involved. They touch the brown paper. They put their post-it notes. It's very engaging. They've probably never spoken to the person in the other department. They don't know what their perspective is as the receiving person. And when they see these different perspectives, light bulbs come on and we're able then to Take that process, write it down, improve it, take out some of the non-value added steps, but also make sure that the interfaces and the communications are right so that you can improve it. Then we can actually write that down and codify that into a standard operating procedure so that that knowledge is forever sitting within your organization and it's something that you layer on over time as you improve you document and put those improvements into your organization the second thing that you can do is often you'll find there is some kind of magician it may be the top sales performer or the person on a shift always has the highest production and they're normally very very quiet and they don't really know why they're at the top of their game, they just go to do it. And we don't like to bother those people. But those are the people with the secrets. Those are the people with the insights that they built up over a long period of time. So two little tricks to enable you to identify that knowledge. Number one, give them an understudy, right? Let them watch, let them observe, let them imbibe some of those things. And they'll draw out insights and observations, which they can then then capture and that understudy will ask questions always put somebody in who's enthusiastic and curious why did you do that why did you do that first and that second that seems a little that seems a little odd so that they build up that knowledge and you can extract that unique experience in a way that we can able enable to give it to junior people within the organization and secondly even if that person is quiet introspective or conservative have them do a little training session, get them to teach. Because in order to teach something, you have to understand, you have to unpack, you have to think about what are the foundational elements? what What's the structure so that I can communicate this? And it allows you to take those unconscious competencies and get them out into an orderly fashion that you can then deliver to other people. And in that whole process of teaching and training, have somebody else as a scribe to capture those elements so once again you're capturing those best practices so observation behavior tease out those tribal practices codify them and then propagate them and you can use that as a device for driving operational excellence we've got more episodes coming up looking at similar topics So if you click the follow button, you'll be the first to hear about them. Also, if you like this podcast, please leave us a rating wherever you listen to your podcast because it helps other people find us too.